0: You're listening to Main Character Energy, a podcast that'll teach you how to become that bitch. Main Character Energy gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how some of the world's most impactful disruptors, innovators, and creatives came from the bottom and embodied what it means to make it in all forms. Now, let's get into the show. Tip Knighton here, and welcome to Main Character Energy podcast. So this is going to be a show where we're just going to put it all on the table. We're talking main character energy. And what does that really mean? I mean, it's a movement, first of all. It's a movement. It's a lifestyle. It's dedicated to taking care of ourselves first. Maybe even being a little bit delusional in making our dreams come true and building our narratives. But really, it's about coming for whatever we want, all while prioritizing mental health, happiness, and building community with like-minded baddies. So let's get into it. Throughout this whole season, you'll be seeing me sit down with different creative minds who are shifting cultures, setting trends, doing the damn thing. And we're going to be talking a lot of productivity, self-improvement, mindset shifts, and personal branding tips to help you channel your baddest self. One thing that I have to start with was my intention. So I came into this year just thinking that I needed a little bit more time from the holiday break that we get. I just felt like the older we get, the less of a break you really see. And so it was actually very difficult. But this year, I started off by taking an extra week off after New Year's, which I've never done before. Never did that in corporate. Never did that in my first couple of years of entrepreneurship. But I just felt like I needed pretty much like the first week or first couple weeks of the holiday season to just be offline. And then I needed a little bit more time after that initial rest period to actually feel rested and then actually have some offline time to like work on things that I wanted to focus on. And I'm not going to lie. It was for some reason really hard to be off that long. Not that I wanted to work and not that I was really excited to kind of like jump back into the grind or anything, but almost because it felt unnatural in a way. But I'm really happy I took that time because I don't think that I would have been in go mode right now if I hadn't really intentionally took time for rest. But this year, my intention is to schedule that type of time throughout the year more. Every single year, I swear, it's just that holiday rush. The last few months of the year, it's like grind, grind, grind it out. We're like all racing to Christmas. So that we can have a couple of days without somebody like asking <laughs> something from us or asking something of us, even when you love what you do, right? Like, I just feel like sometimes like it gets overwhelming. And what I really want to do is, you know, I've just said boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. We're doing boundaries now. We are going on. Do not disturb. d d has become one of my best friends. And prioritizing wellness as an entrepreneur is like something that you always hear about or something that I would hear about here and there and be like, oh, yeah, like, obviously you have to take care of yourself. I did not realize how intentional and how much like thoughtful work that you have to do to be in a good mindset to like keep taking the curveballs that life, you know, gives you. But yeah, this extended holiday was really to like recover from a lot of burnout, brain fog, fatigue. I took a little social media detox. Like last year, I definitely was really consistent and I'm proud of myself for, you know, putting out more content and trying to, you know, really build my portfolio, especially for like, you know, content creation and even just for like my personal brand. But it came to a point where I was spending a sick amount of time on TikTok, like disgusting, like staying up late scrolling doom scrolling and i don't know if anyone can relate to that but it's just it you feel gross like you feel like where did the time go so i was off of my tiktok i was off tiktok in general for like a month and i still don't even go on it as long like i'll scroll for a little bit and i'm like all right get out because it gets to like an unhealthy point and it's hard because i think especially as somebody who is in pr communications and social it's inevitable that you have to be on these things. So we spend more time on these platforms than the average person, on top of just spending a sick amount of time on it as an average person. Um, And so anyways, the digital detox is necessary. I don't know how I'm going to incorporate this into my year yet. You know, sometimes me and my friend will talk about doing like, okay, like maybe on Sunday we're not going to go on Instagram. It's crazy how helpful that is. I've learned, though, I can't delete the apps off my phone because if you make content, deleting the app deletes your drafts. So hope that saves a life because I definitely lost a whole bunch of shit that I batched on TikTok and we just have to move on. But it was kind of also refreshing because it was like, you know, we kind of, especially as creatives, I think we get very caught up in you know, this rat race of putting out content, like I need a batch, I need to record. And I, you know, because it's my profession now, it's become like a system that I have. But then sometimes it's good to just start over. It's sometimes good to have like blank slate. So even though things were deleted, and I had this like detox, I actually feel back, feel like I'm coming back stronger, feel like I'm coming back more clear, have different visions, not trying to like reignite some old ideas that I've been like, agonizing over. And so it's something that I want to continue. Last year, or sorry, two years ago, when I was first starting out in my entrepreneurship journey, I saw that some people did what was called what some people would call like a quarterly retreat or, you know, certain types of solo retreats. And so I said, that is definitely what I want to implement. Even if it was like me getting a hotel room for a night or two, just to kind of like sort my shit out and also do some self-care. That was like, I knew that something like that was going to be a staple in my business. But as life will have it, I kind of fell off of that. I did some other, you know, journeys and vacations and stuff. But this year, I'm absolutely getting back on that, like scheduling time for a real break, a real vacation, actually being out of office. And so I think that that's going to be the catalyst to being able to actually execute and get to the end of the year without feeling like i cannot you know even breathe or stand or think hey that's part of the main character energy we're outsourcing we're prioritizing our mental health and we're going to be honest about when there's times where we feel like we can't operate at our full capacity which is just you know we're not machines we're humans and so that's how we're starting 2023 and I'm so excited to get into this episode where we talk with a good friend of mine who she's been on this entrepreneurship journey with me and she has definitely embodied what it means to, you know, take control of your narrative, but then also give yourself grace and work towards the progress and the goals while also keeping in mind, you know, how you're feeling and making sure that you're prioritizing not only like your mental health, and your happiness but also just like what your body is telling you that you need and so i hope you guys enjoy the episode okay so today we have a good friend of mine also a creative genius and podcaster extraordinaire gabby Ionello, who is a podcast producer and host and freelancer and the founder of corporate quitter hey gab Hey, Tim. I'm so excited for this one. (laughs) I'm so excited. Like the reason why I have so many jitters right now is because Gabby being the podcast extraordinaire she is helped me produce main character energy and she's been killing it. She is somebody that I have been connected with ever since I started my quitter journey, which we'll dive into that. But all in all, we've just been like biz besties from the very start, and it has been a lifesaver. <laughs> so
1: it's been crazy. It's been two years like yeah. that. We met through TikTok, and then we did our media tour together, and then we like got to hang out in Central Park and we filmed. Like it's just like we we've, we've had a really good time
0: <laughs> shooting an actual reality bit, and <laughs> like it just escalated so fast. So I'm just happy to have been on this journey with you. But let's just get let's just get into it. Let's rewind because I'm sure that's. Like, everyone's like, how the hell did that happen in two years? So I got to get back to just the very basics. First of all, Gabby's platform was something that caught my attention before I even quit. So I remember just being in the gutter with how I felt and my nine to five. And I was just kind of like looking for ways out and applying places. And it wasn't happening. And I, I will never forget stumbling upon the, I think the first TikTok I saw of you was like, You must have been by the pool or you were like kind of like hanging out lounging and just like talking about quitting. And I I just remember it resonated with me so much that I started following you. And then by the time I actually made the leap to leave, I was like, okay, well, shit, now I have to promote myself, promote my business. I was like that corporate quitter platform sounds aligned. And I actually still have the note of when I first pitched myself to Gab to be on her podcast. And (laughs) look at us now. Yeah, right. How did you tell me a little bit about like, you know, when you first started posting those videos, how did you know that that was or did you know that that was going to be something that really stuck or how did you kind of get into that?
1: Yeah. I think most people would agree in you as well. Like you don't really know it's going to stick until it sticks. Right. So up until that point, I was kind of messing around with different versions of video formats. So, right. There's like the pointing videos the like, you know, you're voicing over like cute little sounds and songs. And like, this was, I don't know, two years ago. So the video content stuff was only just starting to emerge and Honestly, I was getting a lot of pit like pushback from people around me. Like my boyfriend at the time, who's now my ex for obvious reasons, was like, This is stupid, you're cringy, this is ridiculous. And was not, I was not in a good place when I was doing this. But I finally found something which stuck, which is in this case, like being being vulnerable, like sharing how much I use for savings, like just like really just laying it on thick. And it responded really well. So to this point, you know. I've been just leaning into the vulnerability factor and that's what's kept the whole thing going. But it's a, it's definitely a process to figure out what your thing is and, and switching things up when it gets stale.
0: You're so right. It's not that you know something, for example, is going to go viral. It's actually usually the least thought of piece of content that you did that was probably off the cuff that really started to get traction. But like you said, too, just trying things. And I think also the time that you started it is the reason why your platform has really like, you know, blown up in a crazy amount of time. I mean, not only does the is the content fantastic, but you were definitely at that beginning boom of like, you know, the pandemic, people starting to play around on TikTok. The algorithm was different. People could actually like see your stuff, no shade, um, but you know, these algorithms are always changing, but people could really see your stuff. And I'm so glad that you like showed up on my For You page because I remember just like, you know, writing down. I was like, yeah. I fuck with her i'll have to talk to her at some point (laughs) so then i ended up on your podcast and i feel like that's just like when i fell in love and i was like yeah we're gonna be bit like that's how i am with my friendships i don't know if it's the only child of me but i'm like yeah you're gonna be my bestie now i just decided
1: that's the way you (laughs) have to do it though like in adulthood it's not like you're in like chemistry class with like your and you make friends with the person who's sitting across from you at the table like you know, in, in adulthood, you have to. If you find someone who's cool, you have to go actively seek them out, like you were
0: to date them. That's the only way it's going to work. Like a hundred percent. That's the only way. I really look at my like relationships with friends, like you know, their relationships. It really is like that. And it's like you court people and you date them and you find commonalities between you. And I think like we definitely instantly hit it off. And then I think the true testament of that was just after knowing each other's story so well, the way that we just fell into an international international press tour. Tell me, like, let's talk about how that even got started, like what it was such a whirlwind. I mean, where do we start with this? Because I don't think either
1: one of us was really prepared. I didn't think this was going to happen. And it's really funny too, because when, so the video that you're referencing for the TikTok stuff was my very first major viral video. I think before that my most viral was like 5,000 views. And I was like, wow, like I'm really reaching people, which is decent. But this almost like, I think at this point I have like, it's like almost a million views. It's, it's still going viral to this day. People still respond to it, but that was the first one of like, oh, I've hit something. I've hit a nerve. Like people are relating to this. This makes sense. Right. The great resignation is raging. Like let's lean into this. Right. Okay. Checkbox. Something's working. So I kept on at it and I, you know, just was messing with different forms of media. And I was like following the trends and seeing the keywords that were hot across what like the newspapers were saying and like journalists and all this. And so It's really interesting because I had put in my journal, but you know, I'm a big fan of journaling. I wanted to get my first piece of publicity within the first six months of doing business. And so I remember it was around the time that you and I connected, it was October. And not only did Facebook, that's when Facebook, WhatsApp and Instagram crashed. I was in the middle of a launch, completely failed. But I also, based on that launch, had gotten some publicity, like a journalist had reached out to me and ended up, I had referred a bunch of people to that article that were my friends and ended up not putting me in it. So I was pissed. So I was like, oh, I missed my chance. Like that wasn't for me, but of course I kept going. And then, you know, a month later is when, uh, Emma from the New York times had found my video. One of them that was talking about quitting and and all of that. And it was like a snowball effect. So once you get picked up, and it's a hot topic in this case, quitting and the great resignation and and now quiet quitting and just everything like that. It just, it snowballs and it's a, it's a fire. It, as you know, for both of us for about a whole month, I think I went from zero publications to by January, I think I had at least a dozen under my belt. And then now we're a year, uh, you know, a complete year after the tour, I 30 plus, I mean, including a documentary, like things just, it just picks up. It's like wildfire.
0: It's wildfire, but I think it also speaks to kind of like the mindset behind how you decided you wanted to approach it, right? Like you had this idea of what the current trends were and like kind of how the media landscape works, even as somebody who, you know, you're just doing this for yourself. It wasn't like you were kind of doing this in like in the corporate setting per se, um, but just kind of staying in tune with that. And that's the opportunity that social gives you. One thing that I think is like another true testament to it is the fact that like, leveraging that piece just became it it blew up i mean your press page your website the logos on it it's it's like badges because I, i i think that sometimes when people get press it's like we've talked about this what happens now like just because you get a placement doesn't necessarily mean you get a ton of sales it doesn't equal that it's really more about that brand awareness so then if we're like okay let's take this and turn it into something else, then that's how we build. And I won't ever forget that, you know, once we did the New York Times piece, and you brought me into it, and now we have this thing going, and we literally shot right behind me on on this couch, which was like such a career highlight. And I'm just so glad you brought me in on it. Then it turned into Good Morning, America, reaching out to me and asking about, you know, the story and like what we can tell about it and then you know now we're going on board for that and then it just was like a roller coaster after that and inside edition and all of that good stuff so I guess you know all of that and you know a little bit of overload that we had with 20 coming into 2022 it was aggressive let's be honest it it was it was a little aggressive
1: not I like it's funny you mentioned before like and I I didn't realize it either that just because you get press doesn't mean that your business is going to succeed. Like, I thought that that was the system. Like I thought, okay, I got the, I got the press tour. Like I've made it right. And like in one way or another we did because both of us, you know, we achieved something that so many people aspire to do and maybe probably never get to, but we, I was still broke as shit. Like I I still was not really rocking in the dough. People were now paying attention to me and they were like, Oh, that crazy girl on the internet from high school that I saw, like, is actually doing something, and I like the petty not part of me is girl. like, hey, 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 like, well, you know what I mean, right? You're yeah. cringy until you're right, and then when you're right, everyone says you're lucky, and you're like, well, you didn't see all the. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, absolutely. But like, we, I, we were both not. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm pretty sure we were in the oh, same no. place. Yeah. Like. We were not good at the beginning of 2022. I have never experienced such imposter syndrome than I did after that media tour. Because I was like, Girl. okay, you're highlighting me because I'm interesting and I'm bold and I did something crazy, but you're not highlighting me because I did something amazing in terms of like, oh, I made a six-figure business. Like, and that's really, I thought from like a validation perspective would have made me feel better about it. But instead, it was like, oh, look at this crazy girl from Long Island oh my who decided to like ditch it and just figure it out. But, you know, it, it was fine. And it definitely like it created a lot of internal change last year,
0: which was necessary. Mm. Yes. But uh it didn't it, it's not it's not what you think it is. It really isn't. No. There marks the validation journey or that like, you know, like our self worth shit. Like that's what really kind of marked the beginning, which is an interesting starting point, right? Because you're thinking, like, oh no, that's like a peak. And it, and it yeah. sure it was. Like we got press for our businesses. Like it's definitely social proof that, you know, we're out here. It definitely speaks to the fact that we're creators and that, you know, we've made a name for ourselves. There was definitely the trolls. There's going to be trolls. Oh that's how you know. Oh. That's how you know. I just got,
1: I, I I remember getting those, seeing those LinkedIn posts where people were like, oh, you're like the like little, like you're collecting your trophies or whatever. And I was like, Haha, like, that's cute.
0: But like you're a little now, brat. Like,
1: it's so funny how now I get even worse messages. Like I got this one the other day, literally an email. I was out to dinner with Cash like two days ago, long email. But the the literally the, the subject line was ugly cunt. And then it was a long rant about how like, it very b- brought my friends into it. Like it, it was like, okay, really this is lying. what This is what you're doing. No, I, I'm going to send you the screenshot later, Tiff, but Please. it was a long, like three you're to four mad. sentence paragraph. Yeah. And I, it's hilarious too, because I, it was like Thursday, Thursday night at 8 PM in San Diego, which means it's probably midnight in New York, you know, 10 PM in like Austin, like you got to have a sad life to be like, Like writing an email that late at night. Like it's great too. Cause okay. Last year, 2022, the beginning of the year, when you and I saw those trolls, I was livid. Like I was, my face was beet red. I was pissed. Right. We were both pissed. but after I got that email this past week, I actually laughed out loud. Like this is the oh, first good. time I responded to a troll with like, I didn't take it personally. And I was like, oh my, I like Cash was pissed, obviously. Cause he was like, what did he say about me? Blah, blah, blah. But like, I was like, babe, this is hilarious. Like, look at this loser. Like it's it just, it, it's a it, the progression
0: over a year's time was great, but it still happens. And it's, you got to learn how to deal with it. I can't, I can't even believe like the fact that people take the time to be so mad and again like that's how you know you're doing something because yeah. if you're triggered but but i love that you feel this way now where you can laugh at it and i'm sure it's because like you've gone viral plenty and plenty of times which i'm sure it still causes a lot of anxiety and like you still kind of feel some type of way seeing like certain comments and things but for when you kind of think about that perspective of like you're taking the time out of your life to sit down write some hate mail towards me that's sad like I'm, yeah. i feel so sorry for you i hope you get a life soon because yeah. the same that's same feeling that you had. I think my account of, you know, last year with the trolls, I remember right after the article in New York Times hit, I was in the Hamptons having like a girls weekend and I'm like relaxing. And then I see those LinkedIn trolls being like, the pendulum will swing the other way. You better watch out. And just all (laughs) these things that gave me a pit. Like, I was like, whoa, like these are grown ass men shitting on me. And it did kind of make me laugh, but I still didn't, you know, it didn't feel comfortable. I wasn't used to that. And then it wasn't until I think it was like six months later, I was just doing like a search trying to, you know, go through and, you know, kind of audit my brand a little bit. And I come across this article I had never seen. Somebody wrote a hate blog about us. Did I send you that? I think maybe brief, maybe it was like, it was like a crappy one or some lawyer. It was so crappy. Yeah. They were calling us like bratty and, but I was like, Hey, like you're giving me SEO. I know that's it. So that's the funny thing that I love (laughs) about the whole like troll thing is like every time I
1: get a hate comment or something like that, like you're just boosting the post. Like, thank you. Like this could get to a journalist and now I get another article or I get a client like, thank
0: you. That was worth $1,300. Like, cool. Thank you so much because that link, those LinkedIn trolls made our story go number one that weekend. Yeah, right? It literally was. So it's funny, like,
1: they think they're doing damage, but they're really not. That's cute.
0: Trolls give us engagement and we love that. So that was, you know, that was 2022. And there was a lot of, you know, again, we got to get back to the whole, like, you know, our self-worth and this journey of like, okay, we got the big, we had the big boom. And then the rest of the year kind of went in its different ways. But... LOL,
1: is that the way to paint it? Like it went to shit because it went to shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, that was yeah, my like was PC okay. way. <laughs> <laughs> That's my PC way of being like, that depression, needing validation, (laughs) trying to figure out what's next, thinking that, yeah, like you said, your business doesn't just blow up. I mean, I even had, you know, attention after the article and got some leads on projects that didn't go anywhere and some did, some didn't. But I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the valleys of it and like a little bit about mostly what you specifically felt you did in those moments where you weren't sure, where you Mm -hmm. felt like you needed to like realign, like let's talk a little bit about like you know, that, that moment of the moments of 2022 that didn't feel as hot and glamorous. Yeah. So I would say,
1: right. Like we talked about before the, like starting off the year on what should have been a high, but seemingly being a low was a big indicator for me that I had issues with being seen issues with receiving, right. So in this case, receiving publicity, receiving credibility, receiving like support, like literally just receiving period and on top of my own self-worth, right? Because I'm looking for external validation to prove that I'm the shit versus being like, no, I exist and that's enough. So that really set the precedent for the entire rest of the year. So instead of me building the business in terms of like growth and all that stuff, which I did do, we had a we had 250% growth this year, which is insane considering I like sat on my ass and like, you know, hot girl walks and painted. Like that was predominantly what I did this year, but it wasn't without intention. So I I think this past year was very much me rediscovering who I was and letting Gabby 2.0 emerge. So yeah. I had to let the corporate version of my, myself die, right? Officially, I had to uh, get out of a relationship that was built on that old version of myself. I had to move, right? So I went from New York, which is my stomping grounds. It's where I grew up. It's it's my corporate, my personality was all bundled up in New York, picked up and went to Austin just for a change of scenery, change of weather. Like I changed every single piece of within the buckets of life, right? Spirituality, friendships, relationships, environment, like everything, and even my health. And it led to internal shifts that I was re- 100% required so that now mm-hmm. in 2023, I can actually step into main character energy. And this time, instead of feeling like an imposter, I'll be like, actually, I deserve this. It, it might've taken a whole year to get to that point, but I 100% deserve it. And I feel like that.
0: Oof that's the truth but that it's not you know it, i feel like we hear things we see things right where we're, it's like you know here are some steps to you know achieving your best self and you hear really superficial things but drink, it, more, water. Yeah, drink more water yeah drink once a week <laughs> like go to yoga like okay but it's it's more than that and i want to also just kind of like give you your props for knowing that you had to take certain steps because i know like these decisions aren't easy but sometimes things like the ritualistic things are the most important i will never forget when as you were transitioning out of that corporate life and really putting it to bed that you basically had a, like a funeral for your corporate closet oh your yeah clothes.
1: that was a can huge you, can you tell me about point. that yeah so i think i as you know i'm very much a big Believer of like energy, and I believe in intention, and I believe in like manifestation and positive and like thoughts and like all of those things. Right, it's not a bad thing to believe in. I'd rather be delusional and think of like the world as being magical than it is like not. Because frankly, like the world sucks. So like let's think about it at a slightly a little bit better. So in my eyes, I was looking at my closet and it was resembling the old version of me, right? And so they say, you have to become the new version of yourself before you reap the rewards in the physical sense, right? Whether it's money or the relationship, whatever it is. So I was looking at this closet that to me was energetically dead. It resembled, again, the past version. I I saw these, you know, blazers and trousers and whenever I was like, I remember explicit conversations. I remember like people that I interacted with that I no longer wanted to be part of. So I, like you said, I literally made it an an exercise where I was like, I'm throwing these, well, I donated them. I'm donating these clothes. Someone else can start a new journey with them. But for me, it's, I have to start fresh. Like that is the only way it's going to work for me. And I'm still working on building a wardrobe. I will say it's kind of hard because sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I had that sweater or whatever. But it was for the best because there were energy that was stuck in those
0: clothes that I couldn't bring with me moving forward. Yeah. And you can't see yourself. It comes back to that visualizing. like You can't see yourself in that Gabby 2.0 when you're still wearing, yeah, Gabby 1.0 outfits. And I remember after you did that, I, immediately, I almost immediately ran to my closet and was like, yeah, there was like two wrap dresses that were like my corporate staples that I remember being in so many situations it's like you have a flashback when you touch a piece of fabric right that's, so I'm-
1: that's exactly what it was it was like I almost it's like basically like I so I got rid of the clothes right and within that I also did like a ceremony of sorts where I actually wrote letters to old bosses and old colleagues I would never send them that's it's more for like me to express like my gratitude towards them or my like literal hatred or like being yes. pissed off about however they reacted and like yeah. that day I completely sealed off that old version I was like no no like we are not bringing any of this at ad- nothing forward we are starting she's brand dead. new she's gone yeah.
0: yeah literally I love that and uh, your personal style, like now, it's just oh, so, it's cool so different. It. It's so different. Like Gabby's, like I, I like need to find a word. Like, can you describe your own personal style because it's just evolved into something that feels so you, and it's so like your insides like match it. It's yeah. like colorful. It's fun. Tell me a little bit about how you describe your own personal style now.
1: So it's still working on itself, right? I've got my vision board is full of stuff, but it hasn't yet materialized. But we're getting there. But it's. I went from wearing outfits that were more like conservative, right? They were reserved. It was blues, blacks, grays, uh, you know, modest, if you will. And now I'm like, no bra, like colorful, like, you know, I wear the dots around my eyes. I wear fake lashes. Like everything has color. Everything is punchy. Everything is pushing the envelope because frankly, when I look at version of myself that I need to be, to be in the certain spaces that I want to be right. Not necessarily with the celebrities, but like Definitely like be, like main character energy, right? Taking yeah. space and I in that room. bag, like exactly. So if I can translate my energy, both on a physical level, like wearing clothes that are bold and crazy. So people do a double take and they're like, is she insane? I'm like, yes, I actually am. But in a good way, as well as obviously like, right, when we talk about main character energy, and this is something you and I talked about sometimes, yes, it is the physical stuff you wear, but it's also how your energy is like, you know, when you, when someone walks into a room and you don't even look at them, but you could feel them. And that's also important as well. So to couple the two has been really, I'm like glad that the internal we worked on last year so that this year, the external can really solidify, but we're in process.
0: The blend is, is seamless. And I also think that like that, that personal branding, that knowing you are doing that work. And then like you said, on the outside, having it match or having something that's like kind of signature is something that like speaks volumes and then also attracts the people you want to work with like I don't want to appear stuffy and attract more stuffy shit that I tried to get rid of like the old old wardrobe that's the old me. And so it's cool to see that evolve, but I know also a part of that was, you know, as you were having the summer of really pulling like all of your different interests together and doing some really hard intentional work to say what's next, like what do I want to where do I want to go with this? Tell me a little bit about, you know, how you spent what you would call like hippie gab summer <laughs> and why was it a hippie summer? Like, I just feel like you did something that a lot of people should do, in my opinion, or I think it's great that you had the opportunity to do it, even though I know it's not the easiest to just obviously feel like you have to think about what's next. like it gives It gives you anxiety, but it also was worth it. So tell me a little bit about that time period for you.
1: So I took my summer last year as almost like my, you know, Bali trip. Like, you know, everyone like goes to Bali to find themselves for like six months and they take their savings and they go off. Like I didn't go to Bali, but I went to Austin. So, you know, that was like my thing. (laughs) I got to like hang out in the 90 degree weather and go on hot girl walks every day and all that. But it was so interesting how the timing was so perfectly aligned because the reason why I moved down to Austin was because I was working on a Web3 project and I had gotten a nine month long brand deal that was paying me about $4,000 every month. I was like, great. Like, even if I did nothing, it's signed and sealed. Like I got nine months worth of my expenses covered. Like I could pay for my rent and my groceries, like credit card bills, whatever, like we're good, right? And anything extra is great. So as luck would have it, both like it's a good thing and also a bad thing, but I'm looking at it as like half glass full is that because the market being bad, essentially that project got put on pause. So for a couple of months I was getting paid, but not doing anything. So I was like, well, if I'm not doing anything physically on my computer, I can do something to grow and like work on myself externally. So that's when I started picking up paint and like got over the intimidation factor around that. So it was painting every day and going for long walks every single day to again, get the sun and like work my body out in a way that felt aligned as opposed to like hardcore exercises. And did a ton of other stuff. Like I would go on serendipitous walks. Like I played the feather game. I think we've talked about, or like yeah, the streetlight game, exploring. like, yeah, just anything to explore. Cause again, like if I have time to kill and it just seemed aligned at that point for me to explore myself, cause that's like kind of what universe was making space for me to do. I was yes. going to do all of it. So I was making things, I was creating, I was cooking, I was exploring I was ecstatic dance this travel like whatever it was I was just like I had a yes summer if you will like everything was a hard Mm -hmm. yes
0: I just tried it I'm so glad that you said that like the universe was making room for you to do that because it's one of those things where it's confusing for us I think because we've been so conditioned to be you know very um capitalistic and mm-hmm. and work focus and well you almost feel like if you're not doing so much that you're not doing anything at all and mm-hmm. I think it's especially hard adding on top of that that you and I are very like ambitious women and we always want more we're like what's next so I do know that a part of that probably felt agonizing for you oh I it, it sounds horrendous. like a dream. it was yes. no no I mean like
1: I I no, don't get me wrong it was the most beneficial thing because it forced me to be in my feminine energy, which prioritized rest and right. We were open to receiving, which again, that was something I knew in the beginning of the year I needed to work on. And I just, I, again, was a hippie. I just did what was, I, I focused on being in alignment and I focused on being present because for so long, I was always in worry mode and just focusing on the future and writing the masculine, a plan, 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 do, 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 but I didn't have any clarity. And as you know, like, Sometimes you can't force things. You have to wait for the right timing to come up. And the timing wasn't, nothing was happening. So I I took that as a sign of like, if I'm not receiving the internal guidance or like the internal, you know, when you have those eureka moments of like, oh, I, I know the thing. If those aren't happening, it's for a reason. So me sitting at a desk, staring at a computer, is it going to make anything change? I need to go move my body and do stuff. So, yeah. you know, I had to wait, which is hard, but we got to where we needed to be.
0: You have to, because you're just going to like short circuit. I love to say that because I'm like, that's how it physically feels like that when you're trying to force an idea. And then it's even like, it's something that I feel like is going to, or probably already has established a routine for you outside of that when you are in, you know, super work mode. So we're going to talk about, of course, like what you've been up to lately. But I think being able to channel that when things get pick up again and things get really hectic again, that's how you stay in that flow. And that's how it becomes sustainable. So it's like it's the smallest thing but it's so true how if I'm sitting here and I'm feeling overwhelmed and I have so much to do and I'm planning and then it's like bitch go on a hot girl walk like we love our hot girl walks and they're there for a reason and it just I just sometimes I'm like is this like is this 30 or is this (laughs) (laughs) or I'm like or is this just like normal shit because it's so it's such a simple thing that I feel like I didn't Um, pay attention to things like that until we started our journey to really think about how we have to take care of ourselves to keep producing and keep going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And setting boundaries within ourselves and others is a huge thing because, right. I don't know. Well, actually I know because we've talked about this, but like, I didn't set any boundaries in any area of my life when I was in corporate and Gabby 2.0 is not having that shit. I am not doing shit out of obligation. I'm not doing shit for free. I'm not doing things that like, like hurt my mental health. Like I'm not doing it. So you have got to practice what you preach. So I spent all last year doing that. So now I'm ready. Like if something comes my way, that's not in alignment. Like I'm going to say hell no. And then we're going to move on. And the better thing is going to come along. And that's just how it works.
0: That is the best feeling. I'm right there with you now. I was like terrible with my boundaries, but now I'm like, DND is my best friend. Can't, can't schedule on that day. I need it open to like work out or to do my walks or you know, just to be able to like, for example, paint or just do something with my mind that I feel like doing that's just going to like keep me in creative flow. And that's like essential as entrepreneurs. Like we get that now. And so you had that time basically to like realign, reset, whatever you want to call it, just kind of like take some time away from like the wheel spinning. And I just feel like I've seen it, how beneficial it has been for you, even if you can't make it to Bali, y'all. Oh, well. like, <laughs> just take some time where you can, yeah. <laughs> because you've you've really like you've really transformed your brand again. Like I just feel like, of course, we're always growing and always transforming. But to see what you've been up to lately has been just so inspiring. I stay inspired by you. Tell me a little bit about your intention coming into twenty twenty
1: three. So it's funny because I was thinking about this this morning, and like I don't know if i necessarily have the words to describe what i'm up to this year other than like last year was my internal reflection right it was like the calm before the storm so this is the year when things are actually going to start moving the money's going to start coming in like fully like way more um i just feel like all of the pieces are finally clicking into place and it's the energy is perfectly aligned so i can take action and be in the right spaces and all that so in terms of this year What I'm doing presently, as you know, because I've helped I'm helping you with the show, is I'm finally leaning into the call to help people with production stuff, podcasting things, marketing stuff. So I think for a while everyone knew I was good at it and would tell me I'm good at it, but I was like, no, 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 that's that's not the thing, it's not the thing. And of course, as we like know, usually we force away the idea of whatever it is we need to do that we're being called to do. And it takes like a year or so, however long it takes, for you to come full circle. And you're like, oh, wait, I should have been doing this the whole time, but I just wasn't in the headspace. So this year we're leaning into the agency. We're leaning into podcast production, marketing stuff. And then the rest, we're kind of see, we'll see what happens. I have big hopes for this year, but you know, I'm always thinking about crazy things. So I'd love to write a book one day. Definitely want to change up my wardrobe. I might be moving to California now, which is like, you know, where like I'll be close, somewhat close to LA, which is where like the happenings are when it comes to like TV and media and all this stuff. and you know, I, I I have a lot of big things, but I don't know how
0: to put them in words other than
1: through visuals on a Pinterest board, honestly.
0: And, and Gab, you you embody main character energy in that way where you're like, I know that I have things and whichever way they fall is just gonna be how it is. Because there's so many things that you have and even um and what I mean by have is I mean so many things that you ha or, you know, dream of, so many things that you kind of like planted seeds for and like knowing that there's big things coming i mean i've seen you manifest that <laughs> shit out of most it's of pretty <laughs> fucking cool actually like, most things she, like people need to know that right now um so gab's boyfriend lives in san diego she's in san diego now trying to decide if that's her next city and no pressure we'll see we'll follow up and find out what you landed on but it's the fact that she's you know just testing it out, testing the waters in a beautiful Airbnb, just visualizing and living in that moment. And that's that vibe that I feel like we always need to do. And we always Mm -hmm. need to kind of be testing the waters and kind of visualizing in a way that gives us options so we can know, is this for me? You'll never know until you just kind of try it.
1: Yeah. And a lot of it is risk-based as you know. So the more it's, to be creative is to take risk, period, right? Putting your art out into the world. Oh, I mean, you got to right? So it's super vulnerable putting stuff out into the world, let alone taking financial risk and career risk. Like it's a lot, right? And so, you know, one of the things when you're a main character, you know, you resemble main character energy is that you have to have like unshakable faith within your own self, not in outside validation, not within others, like within yourself, that regardless of how things look, regardless of how it feels, like, you are bringing yourself to exactly where you need to be. You are being guided. You're making the decisions. You have the capabilities to do whatever it is you need to do that's most perfectly aligned for you. So in this case, I mean, I love this Airbnb right now. And you know, I've like I've been trying to figure out where I'm going to live. And financially, things have been tight the past year. It's been a bit of a challenge, but also like, like last year before I moved to Austin, like I signed a lease before I got that brand deal in. And then two weeks later, the brand deal was done. Like that's what paid for the apartment. So it's usually yeah. you got to do the thing before the everything else works out. So it might be one of those things that I have to give it the lease for my Austin apartment, not knowing where the hell I'm gonna live, but knowing and trusting and having faith in my own capabilities that I'll figure it out, whether it means I'm couch surfing for a month or it means I like have to put myself out there more to make more money so that I can make this work. Like, I I don't know what it is, but you have to figure out what works for you and take the risks accordingly.
0: Oh yeah. The risks are there. But one thing is like setting yourself up the way you have and focusing on your personal brand, focusing on, Hey, like everything you did last year, like you said, these are kind of like the building blocks this year. It's the year of Gabby. I cannot wait to see all the things that are being produced your new podcasts just launched. That is something that I'm looking forward to a lot. Tell me a little bit about what you and Hannah from Salary Transparent Street have worked on these past few weeks.
1: Yeah. So I obviously have the Corporate Quitter podcast. I think I might be launching another podcast soon for myself, which, you know, behind the scenes, it's going on. Um, I'll share more once I have like clarity on that. But the one with Hannah is, it's called Out of Pocket. So it's explicitly like two corporate or ex-corporate besties kind of chatting about all the quibbles in corporate. So, you know, we talk about like dating in the office, we talk about the great resignation. We talk about like, you know, what we call like tattleware, where it's like your boss watching you on your computer, like the things that you would talk about after work over a glass of wine, which I haven't really seen people talk about. It's more of like, let's talk about business and let's talk about career yeah. progression. And like, we'll talk about those things too, but it's more of like having the, the necessary conversations so that we can actually make lasting change in the workplace. And as, you know, employees, if you are an employee, like making the demands that are necessary and legal, legally necessary. Uh, so we can actually be in a place of balance because right now, as we all know, we are very out of balance. Like we're finally starting to take a stand and changes are happening. But I mean, like between the economy, like we are just getting screwed every which way. So oh, hoping right. through the, yeah, through these conversations, it'll like I did with my viral TikTok video with you, help create lasting change for future generations.
0: And it would behoove these companies to actually, like that's why there's. So, it's great that you guys have a platform like this because they should pay attention to what this water cooler talk is essentially. Mm-hmm. Like it's basically what you would talk about with your girlfriends yep. after work, like at happy hour, whatever it is. And that's such a, that just reminds me of such a New York City thing too. Like let's get a drink after work and just and like. And like shit talk my boss. And yeah. shit talk everything <laughs> like What was going on in that staff meeting? Like no, that was like the thing though.
1: I like that was how I bonded with most of my colleagues when I was in corporate was like we would just shit talk the other people in the office and like the bullshit policies. Like it's just what you did, which is like great in the sense of like building like community i guess but terrible in the sense of like it's a gossiping it's not it's a low level energy type of we're not talking about goals and ambitions and creating shit we're talking about who's a bitch in the office and who's like the hot dude who just got like it's it's not it's
0: it's literally like it's like survival in a way too because it's like you're having some validation from people who see the same bullshit you see yeah and then you have to kind of sneak in like some joy on the on the basis of this like yeah low level gossiping um because it just keeps you going and like you need a reason to stay and usually the reason why you stay is because your colleagues and things it is, like that
1: yeah I would say a lot of the reason why I stayed at companies for a while was because of my, like the friends I made there or like honestly I've had good bosses and I really like them which is why I stayed but I would hope that like yes we have to have these conversations where we're talking negatively about things so that things change but Talk is just talk. We need action. So we're hoping through the podcast it'll create some sort of domino effect or take, you know, action so that there's less bitching and more like woeing, if you will, like praising.
0: Yes. It needs to be that because we just need more spaces for that. So anybody who wants to kind of hear what some of those conversations might be or has anything to contribute to that and even people who want more of a space for those types of conversations definitely have to look out for out of pocket that is just it just rolled out and so we'll be seeing some episodes soon um but one thing you know before we wrap up i did want to ask you a little bit about you know anybody who's starting out similarly to how we did like Whether you're a TikTok creator, whether you're getting started with a podcast, whether there's another, you know, creative art that you're kind of diving into and maybe thinking about taking more seriously and more seriously, meaning like leaving a whole job or getting funding or whatever that next step might be, do you have any advice that just kind of speaks to how to take care of yourself in the process because I think that's been a big theme about how we get through this of course we know there's all the types of self-help tips books all that type of thing and the typical things people say but you're a real one and I think that channeling some of the energy that you've used might really help someone so is there any tips that you have
1: It's hard because I think people, when you hear stuff like this, they're looking for business tips, like, oh, what's the next, like, what's the edgy, like cutting edge technology or cutting edge strategy. And trust me, there's tons. And I would also like vice by saying, invest in yourself. Like, it doesn't matter the price point. People are going to think you're crazy. Like I've invested like literally thousands of dollars, like thousands, like we're talking five figures plus in Mm -hmm. coaches and masterminds and legal fees. And like even consultants, like pay for what you think you need to, and you're going to be right regardless. Like no one knows you better than yourself and you know, what's right for you, even if someone doesn't see the value. So invest in yourself, doesn't matter the price, do what you need to do. But I will say, I think as we both have known, I, we both know and understand what's required to be successful in business. We know what's required to be successful in whatever venture you have, but the hard part is understanding yourself so that you are aligned with what you actually want, because there's one thing to know what you want and go after that. But what about the things that you actually need? So we talk about this a lot with other stuff. So for example, like the guy that I'm dating right now, though, again, this is a different example from business. The person that I wanted to date before was not the person I needed. That was like the bad boy, like the, you know, right. But yep. the current guy I'm dating who put me up in this airbnb that's perfectly for me like he knows me he understands me he gives me everything i need so it, again there's a difference between the two so you need to understand what you need versus what you want because sometimes it doesn't look as sexy but it's as perfect as you need it to be and it's, it's going to get you where you need to be but the other thing is i would when you go into business or go into monetization or quitting the job whatever it is focus more on the spiritual aspect before you actually get into the business aspect business stuff you can learn anytime. Just pick up a book and do it, right? It's a podcast episode away, YouTube video way of learning. It's the internal journey that's going to take you the longest and it's going to be the hardest. So the sooner you go on your spiritual journey, whether it's like you take shrooms, you go on an ayahuasca journey, you go on a 10 day silent meditation retreat, whatever it is, you need to get really comfortable with yourself and being quiet with your thoughts and just evolving as a human before you actually reap the rewards of the physical reality. So just know like when you quit your job it's more internal than it is external
0: whoo they don't prepare you for that uh-uh. i feel like the conversation like you said it's always the business side it's always like come up with your business plan do this that will happen you will learn things like you said i'm still we're both still learning things yeah having realizations constantly there's things that i think i should have done a couple of years ago when i first started that i'm just now figuring out but it's literally like you said about taking care of yourself. And I love that bit. I love that because what you really need to do is like put yourself in mental spaces where you're like, hey, I know that I need to make time for things that spark joy, give me creativity, because that keeps me in flow. It keeps me being able to reach towards my goals every day. And if you burn out and you're too worried about all that stuff, then you won't, it won't be a long sustainable journey. Like it's literally a marathon.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like, we want to make this as enjoyable as possible. That's why you're quitting your job. That's why you're going into like making your art a full-time thing is because you want to enjoy it. So, you know, do the upfront work of knowing who you are and, and kind of figuring out your personal why and stuff like that, but more so understanding yourself. And, you know, even if shit hits the fan, at least you'll be comfortable in knowing that like, you know who you are and you feel good about it because, you know, anyone can launch a profitable business, but that doesn't mean they're going to like it.
0: Yeah, agreed. And Gabby, people love to ask us this, or they did last year. But the follow up to the Great Resignation story was, "Do you regret leaving corporate? Oh, did you God. make a mistake? Was it? Is it? Are you going to go back?" So, what do you have to say to that?
1: It's hard because I, as you know, this past year is it's been such a challenging one that at times I question my own self of like, do I regret doing this because you know, being in debt sucks. Like I'm in 65 grand worth of debt per pursuing this for two years, 35 grand per year. Like it's reasonable. makes sense, but that's a lot of money. So it's like, I went back to college, you know, and when people are like, what's your business model? And like a year ago, I was like, I don't know, painting. Like I don't know what I'm doing, (laughs) but I would say even if like everything hit the fan, right? Like lost everything, like bankruptcy, like what, like worst case scenario, right? Could I say that I, maybe regret the financial and career strains. Maybe not really, but it's more of, I'm really, really proud of the like internal growth that I've made, because as you've seen, like, I don't even look the same. I don't speak the same. I don't, my like energy is different. Like people look at me and they're like, you are not the same person
0: Mm -mm. a year ago, let alone, oh God,
1: I look dead inside. I look like a robot. I don't look anywhere. I'm not expressive. Like I have completely changed who I am, and I think that's all worth it. But again, that doesn't mean that it wasn't painful because I'm still experiencing the pain of all this stuff. It's more of just yeah. having a positive outlook. But I, I don't say I, I wouldn't. Re- I don't regret leaving. I'm concerned about it because the re- rewards aren't there. But I don't regret it. I don't even at all.
0: As always, I appreciate your vulnerability and the transparency and letting people know what the real truth is. We could sit here all day and say entrepreneurship's the shit. Everybody quit your job. That just it might help our platforms personally in some way or another. But the truth is that there's a lot of money that goes into this. There's and a lot tears. of tears.
1: Oh my god, I have cried so much this past year. Like, I I mean like not depressive episodes, but like you have really down moments, and it's like. You got to let yourself cry it out. And I would lay in bed for like three days and then I'm like, okay, we're going to get back to being productive for the next couple, of, like next week. Cool, let's do that's it. Like it's not, shit. no, but really. And thankfully it's you and true. I found each other and you had the like, you know, the chitspa to like, like raise your hand and be like, hey, I want to be friends with you because it's lonely. Like no one gets it unless you're friends Ooh. with someone who's an entrepreneur. Like it sucks.
0: Like it's lonely. And that's why if I had to kind of give a little takeaway too, it's to build a network like we've built. Um, you know, us, our friend Khalil, our friend Hannah, we all support each other in this way because entrepreneurship is lonely and that was not something that I really was ready for. And I'm thinking that, you know, I have friends who work and do things like they can still relate, but it's it's just so different and they still can love and support you, but like it's just a different ball game completely. So build those networks. I'm just happy you're in mine um there's so many cool things that we have planned for this year and I can't wait to share with um our communities but for one we're going to be in LA next month it's so dude it's going to be last night. so did you really oh god I'm I did do that. I was doing some planning um my <laughs> Saturday night see that's <laughs> entrepreneurship for you. Um, yeah but you love it so we,
1: lo- we love we love it like
0: I it's so funny because- planning is my favorite
1: I mean, but just in general, like working on the weekends, I think I used to be like, oh, I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, well, actually I give a shit about what I'm doing now and it's fulfilling it's
0: work I like. to an extent. Yeah. So
1: like, I don't mind doing it on the weekend. I mean, I it's, I'm almost trading the nights out drinking for this type of stuff. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious.
0: It's even easier in the cold here and you know, it's freezing here. I'm like, I'm yeah. going to be cozied up and um, make my dreams come true. So that's going to be something that is, I think, going to be a catalyst for more great speaking events that we'll be sure to let everybody know about, but we'll be at the Aster in LA on March 16th, I believe. I'll put those details um, out there in the show notes and on social and everything, but it's going to be a great conversation. If you're in LA or if you know anybody in LA, um, come hang. We'll be speaking, drinking, exploring. It's also St. Patrick's weekend, so I'm, I'm sure there'll be some fun shit going on. So I'm looking forward to that. And our conversations, like, you know, that we're we're trying to build more spaces for people who just want to do their own shit and like make their own, you know, control their own narrative, control their own life, be the main character. Um, So if you're about that, come support. But thank you so much, Gab, for this conversation. And you know, it was only right for us to get on here and shoot the shit about this past the past few years and now we're on year three so let's Which fucking is up. so
1: nuts i can't believe we're three years into this we're not dead yet so we're doing something okay
0: i know i'm like we're here we survived and it's just the beginning so yeah thank you again for being on and i can't wait to see you in a few weeks thanks Tiff. thanks for listening to main character energy if you enjoyed this episode leave a rating or review on spotify or apple podcasts be sure to follow on social at tiff or die and main character energy pod to access exclusive content and get a behind the scenes look as well as resources to help you become that bitch. See you next week.